0: Welcome back to straight out of Marvel episode 64. It's your host Kevin 27 and I'm coming with a banger of an episode, full episode, because today, guess what we talking? Top 10 moments of eternals. And I'm going in. And of course, you know, I got a couple honorable mentions that didn't make the top 10. But before we get started, I just want to say go ahead and give your boy a five star rating at Straight out of Marvel on Apple Podcast, you know that's much appreciated. And please give a follow and like on Instagram. We need them likes, man. Come on, likes on Instagram at the KC Network Seven Zero Two, and that is also the name of the YouTube channel, which will be changed soon. Don't give, don't worry. But with that being said, let's hop into the show. And after this top ten, we will be doing some Moon Knight talk a little moon night so uh let's hop into it number 10 number 10 i have to say was the eternals entrance because to me their entrance was very badass very like superhero shit you see them coming uh you see ajak like yo it's time and then they pull up on these motherfuckers who in the fucking ocean fishing for their food And a dirty ass deviant come and just bite Pop's head off. Just super crazy like. And who come to save the day? The Eternals. And not only did they save the day. Cersei pulled up and gave them some gold. Which was obviously the start of humanity. Progressing. Forwarding. And I love how they just made it like. Everything that happened was because of the Eternals. Which is hella funny. Because you realize that it's all for our demise, (laughs) it's like, damn, it looks cool in the beginning, but then when you realize, you know, it's all for the demise of the human, you know, the human people, it's just kind of fucked up, man. But regardless, I definitely think it was a cool moment. You get to see all, I believe, 11 Eternals and you get to see their special skill sets, Gilgamesh with the super fucking hammer fist, thena, you know, holy moly, Angelina Jolie still smoking. And you get to see uh, clearly fake ass Superman Icarus, which honestly I hate. But it's a good it's a good hate. It's like you love to hate Icarus because he's just kind of annoying in the whole movie. And then he actually it comes to fruition at the end why he was so annoying. So that was number 10. Number nine seriously showing sprite some empathy one of my favorite moments in the show or the movie because after sprite told her whole life story about living amongst the human people has turned her bitter because she can't find love in a hopeless place because she's a little kid and it's actually kind of crazy because i've seen a show that's been going around all these different podcasts about a girl who's like 23 she's smoking weed and shit but she looked like she's eight years old and because she had like cancer or something they took out like some gland in her head it's some shit like that to make her stop growing and she looks like a child but she 23 and she said the only people like she know the only people that really want to mess with her is like pedophiles and shit right so you think about it like that with Sprite, you could understand how Sprite is bitter, because she got to live on she she had to live on Earth for seven thousand years or some shit like that. And wait, was it seven thousand? No, two thousand. I don't know, but she stayed on Earth for a long ass time. And fucking, you got to just see how terrible her life was because she had to be a kid. She couldn't go and be like Kingo and go be a movie star. She couldn't go and be like your man, Icarus and Cersei and fall in love and being bliss because who finna love on a kid besides a kid? And when you around for so long, you not finna fucking want to be with no kid. You're grown. Yo, Arisham, what's wrong with you, you sicko? Yo, fuck erisham man. Yeah, I said it. Uh <laughs> oh, but anyway, I do want to say I like how Sprite got shown empathy by Cersei because Cersei was like, Even though you stabbed me in my back, I understand why you did it. So I still got a little power left to make you human, but that means you will die. And would you want to die any, or would you want to? Because clearly, you can die as an eternal. Shout out to Ajax. <laughs> Uh, shout out to Gilgamesh it's not like you can't die as an eternal but you have to be murdered I guess by a deviant or an eternal so I don't know man I guess if, after you live, after you live for thousands of years you just be like yeah you know what I'd rather grow up and get cancer and die so yeah shout out to Sprite and shout out to Cersei for showing her empathy because we all need to show a little more empathy towards you know Counterparts, so yeah.
1: Number eight.
0: Kingo and Karoon man, they were a whole moment of their own from the time the Eternals was getting back together and they pulled up to uh Bollywood, and you see your man uh Kingo doing his little dance, which I thought was a little stiff. I'm ain't gonna lie. He he said he never danced before. I could kind of tell he was a little stiff out there, but still nice dance off. And him and Karun just had a perfect relationship. It's like a perfect symbiotic little relationship because they fed off of each other so well, especially when he was like, oh, he's been my assistant for 50 years. He once tried to stab me. He was like, I've apologized for that. He was like, ah, not enough. Like, yo, know, shit like that. Hilarious. And I really love that, that typical Marvel humor. Now, all I had to say was who was better, you know, Karun or the, or the, uh, I don't know if that was his grandma from Spider Man No Way Home. Cause I feel like they was kind of like the same kind of character, like a good, like quick little side piece type of thing. And I always was like, I wonder who was the best. And uh, I don't know, man. Karun, Karun hit it out the park for me every time. Um yeah and I really like Kingo too man. Kingo was cool. I wasn't really feeling how he ended his role though. Like you I feel like you got to pick a side man. You either rolling with the Eternals or you rolling with Arishem and uh and uh damn Icarus. There is so many damn Eternals. You either rolling with him or Icarus and um he's like you know what I ain't fighting my family, but I don't agree with y'all either. So I'm out like, damn, yo, Kingo, you could have been better. And I really respected how Karun was like, even though he was like, damn, we all finna die. He was like, yo, thank you eternals for looking over us after all these years. If it had been me, I'd have been like, man, fuck y'all. Y'all trying to kill us, man. Y'all the enemies. But, uh, that's just me. Number seven. Thina outsmarts the top deviant. So this deviant, she went to go kill his ass because they realized, yo, this motherfucker is sucking up everybody powers. And after he sucked up Gilgamesh like a fucking nasty man, he obtained clearly the brute strength. So he was like, yeah, I'm ready to go fight these Eternals. But uh, he got outsmarted by Thena because she thought, that he was going to pull that mad weary on her ass, but she got mad smart and got the stabbing and the shit out his ass. And just before you thought that the deviant, the top deviant was going to play a part in maybe Eternals 2, nope, Thena straight sliced and diced his ass. And I just thought it was hilarious because every podcast I listened to was like, Oh, I just thought the deviant was going to be more. And then boom killed his ass like get your bitch ass out of here so i thought that was pretty good in a pretty good moment
1: number six
0: we got fastos and we are meeting his family so after the hiroshima and nagasaki attacks fastos is devastated in the part he's played in humanity's atrocities and hangs up his eternals badge so when he's reunited with the crew he has a family now and seems to be at peace with living the normal human life. Some was also pretty funny calling Icarus Superman and even Fastos boo calling him out of being a chronic procrastinator. And clearly we all love the scene because that was we've seen it so many times in the trailer of Icarus at the table. He was like, "Yo, I bet you you're still using your powers. And he actually shot lasers at the windows and yes fastos is still using his powers but only for his protection just in case some goons try to bust in your house because you know how people live nowadays just in case some goons try to bust in your house it's protected by the by the weaponry and armory of fastos i see nothing wrong with that but then clearly icarus goes too far yo what's this table made of vibranium and smash this dude table and I just love how he's like that's Ikea but what they don't show you in the trailer is he called him an ass and that got a a pretty good reaction in the movie theater so i and I thought it was hella funny um and another part I wanted to mention is when uh when he the boyfriend called him the chronic, or his husband, excuse me, called him the chronic procrastinator and said, His mom, my mom says that all the time. I'm like, Damn, why your mom shitting on him so hard? <laughs> like, yo, mom's relaxed. But I just love that it made, you know, made it feel like a real warm family environment. And it's something that I could look forward to. And I'm actually looking forward to seeing Fastos in Eternals 2 trying to do whatever he can to be reunited with his family. He has a son, he has a husband, and I cannot wait to see Eternals 2 and see how he is reunited with his family. Number five, learning the real plan of the Celestials. And we actually learned this from Arishem, the judge, and he actually tells Cersei when she actually learns how to communicate with him, she finds her inner Ajak, and goes on to the, the, I feel like, I feel like it's like the soul plane, like um, the ancestral plane from Black Panther, how he's able, how they drink the juice. And he goes into like another realm. It feels like this is how it seems with erisham And she goes up to him and he tells her, yo, yo, my, my lady, it's time to come home daughter. And she like, oh, finally Olympia. He like, bruh. That shit ain't real. None of that shit real. The only person who knew what the real was was Ajax. And that's why she was so keen on keeping motherfuckers' minds under control. We'll talk about that a little later. But he tells Cersei, yo, it's all at stake. Tells her what the real plan is. And that's for the Celestial to be born because he impregnated the Earth with a damn robot. Fucking rude ass person. How rude, and I'm just like, damn, what the hell? Why, Erisham? But so, his plan is to say, Well, if celestials aren't born, celestials can't make new planets, and the energies the energy that the celestial has is what will keep the universe alive, well endowed for the rest of eternity. But for that to happen, he has to be born in a planet. So pretty much, you know, it's kind of it kind of reminds me of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. You got uh Ego, who was obviously ego tripping, and he was going planet to planet, planet, planting his seed. And remember, he said he was a celestial, like a god, but with a small g. So it's the same shit what that they were doing or that uh Erishem is doing planting his seed across all these planets, and it's the same way the same way that we' seen that big ass goofing to take over Earth from that dairy queen it's kind of like the same when we see Tiamat eventually or we actually seen um we actually seen um like previews like previous. Celestials being born and it look like they're throwing planets around, just having a grandiose time. And it's just kind of sad to see. I get it, we needed the energy for the rest of the universe to be born, but you ain't got to sacrifice the coolest planet, man, in the universe. Come on, what's better than Earth? I don't see no other planets flying fucking spaceships that look like dicks into the fucking space. Come on. We do this shit, man. We Earth man. Don't be trying to fuck with us airship. And I really feel like once he go back. It's going to be some, I think it maybe it might be some type of war and they might just go hard against his ass because he going to try to kill us, man. But the damage is already done, man. The celestial has gone already unless he just like, okay, I'm going to just plant another seed up in there, but that'd be sad. Um, And it's actually, it actually looks pretty cool though. Like you see that motherfucker coming out the damn earth or not even just the Earth, but the planets that they've shown us in previous demonstrations, they actually look pretty cool or pretty terrifying, pretty devastating. But I ain't gonna lie, man. I really enjoyed it. And that was one of my favorite moments. That's why it had to be a top five moment.
1: Number four.
0: Markari Speed. When finding the emergence and fighting Icarus. I really love how they portray Macari Speed in this show or this movie. I don't know why I want to keep calling this show. I'm so used to doing after shows. I just love how they uh, portray her speed in this movie. They didn't do it like whack-ass DC in The Flash. And you see that slow motion. I'm moving so fast. I'm in slow motion. No, it was bang, 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 right in your face. And I really enjoyed it. The way she found the emergence, you can see her, like, running across different, like, she's running clearly across oceans, like, different countries, different states. You actually see Egypt, Ky- like, bro, they, it was some crazy shit. I really enjoy how they did Macari speed, and even when she was fighting, she was really fucking Icarus up. And I really enjoy her speed, and the way they did it was just a chef's kiss and that is how I want my speed done. Not that bullshit slow motion shit that Zack Snyder was pulling off. I don't like that. It's terrible. Give me Eternals Macari speed anytime. I actually did enjoy. So now you uh, only why I could say maybe a little prisoner in a moment. Maybe it's a little haterish because I did like the slow motion effect. When the way Fox did it, but for some reason, the way Fox did it, it just looked a little better because they mixed it up. They did it some fast, some slow, and it just looked hella dope. Some like medium slow. It looked hella dope, especially with the detail that they displayed in it. But other than that, I really enjoy the fast motion of being fast. I really enjoyed that.
1: Number three.
0: 1521 A.D the Eternals break up and I really thought this was a great turning point in the film and it was a little bit of forecasting foreshadowing I should say of what was to happen in the rest of the film so they break up because of mad weary from thena and this is after you know this is another flashback that we get because this movie is full of Fast forwards, flashbacks, fast forward, flashbacks. So after they find Ajak dead, and at this time, we don't know why, which we should have known because Icarus was doing a little too much. And once she, and when I say she, I mean Cersei, it's like, damn, I just saw I just saw Erishim. And he was like, no, you had weary. You had weary. And then we get a flashback to Athena, and she actually gets mad weary. And this is her really realizing that the Eternals are the true ops are the real enemies of this movie and tries to kill them. And I mean, she stabbed she stabbed Ajax. She sliced Icarus up. She was giving a ass to business. I don't think none of them could really fuck with Tina except Gilgamesh because he had the, the brute strength and he just knocked her ass the fuck out. You got knocked the fuck out. Like, seriously. The way Gilgamesh, bruh, that shit was disturbing. And when she comes back to Ajax wants to erase her memory. Hmm. I wonder why. And she said, Thina, your memory is crumbling on the top of the weight of the other memories. Like, yeah, I wonder why. Because I got memories from other planets that's been destroyed because of us. We're assholes. And not only are they being destroyed, I believe that they are on the planet while it's being destroyed. Think about it. Even though the emergence was about to happen, your boy, uh, your boy, Erisham, he didn't say, "Okay, Tony, y'all come home now and then the planet is destroyed. No. Y'all going to get destroyed on the planet, but because y'all Eternals, y'all tapped in to the home base up here in this little shitty-ass place that y'all call Olympia, which is not. It's, you know, it's just fucking, that shit crazy, bro. And I can really understand why thena was like no you can't erase my memories i want to be thena and ajak is like well you're still thena no matter what your soul is there see she knows she knows like it don't matter because our memories are going to be erased anyways we ain't gonna remember none of this shit anyways which is pretty sad pretty devastating i think well i guess they have been doing this shit for millions of years and even back then, around this time, right, Ajax had a little cause for Paul. She was like, I think it's something different about these people. And Eresham was like, yo, bitch, don't be getting attached. Do your fucking job. Don't be getting attached. She was like, all right, bro, I got you. I got you. I know my place. That's why she snapped on Icarus, and she was like, yo, know your place, bitch. Don't be talking to me like you crazy. Know your place, bitch. That nigga said, yo, maybe we should talk to Eresham. Yo, so what I thought was really funny is when Ajax wanted her memory race and Drew was like upset, like, what bitch who you talking to? And he really went on a rampage, and because you see this war going on, and Druid is like, I can stop this right now. And You know, clearly Ajax is like, no, because we can't stop and be involved in human conflicts. He's like, bro, fuck all y'all. I'm about to do what the hell I want because we over here serving a god we know nothing about. And this is some bullshit. Are we really helping these people? Are we really doing good deeds? Look at them. We we give them the tools to kill themselves. All of these high tech, high power weapons, all for them to kill themselves. And I really thought Drewick made a lot of sense, very philosophical, very poetic. And I would, hey, I ain't gonna lie, man, I probably would have rolled with Drewick. Like, yo, yeah, let's go control some motherfuckers' minds, man. Uh, I probably would have rolled with Drewick on that one. But definitely was a good, I feel like definitely the number three moment because seeing the Eternals break up and it's like, yo, everybody go their separate ways, go live your life. My only problem with that is, why you didn't, like, yo, Sprite's still a kid. She looked like a kid. She can't just go live a life. You'll be tripping hella crazy if you just see this little girl, like five years, she still look the same. You're like, yo, when you gonna hit the pubes? What the hell. So yeah, that's my number three moment of Eternals. Number two. The Icarus betrayal. Now, Ajax tells Icarus, that Thanos delayed the emergence because half of the population was gone and it was not enough energy. So prior, now this is why people are saying, well, Thanos tried to save everyone. I don't think Thanos knew this, but it is a little cause for pause when we see the post-credit scene, and we see that um Thanos' brother Star Fox knows about the Eternals knows about, or he is an eternal and knows about Arisham and all of this shit. So you never know. Maybe Thanos did know something, but I don't think that's why Titan was destroyed. It's not, Titan wasn't destroyed because Celestial came out of it. It's because it was too much food or not enough food and too many people. And everybody just went crazy, war, and out of planet is destroyed. That's not why. Thanos was doing it. He just wanted half of everyone gone. So there's more resources for everyone, which still doesn't make sense, Thanos, because the world is run by money, 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 money. I work at a hospital. We throw away enough food for it to never be anyone hungry in Las Vegas. I'm just keeping it real. We throw away enough food for it to never be anyone hungry. Worked at restaurants, buffets, it's enough food to where people can eat, but if people had or got it for free, then they wouldn't pay for it. Therefore, people wouldn't make money. Therefore, it has to be people that starving. Because if you don't got money, you can't eat. Therefore, you got to go work at people's jobs, blah 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 blah. It's all a you know, it's all like a chain reaction type of thing. So when Thanos is to me, Thanos is wrong. Regardless, I don't give a damn what anybody say then are no super wrong. And I just thought that that part, I don't want to hear about that shit. Now, with everyone coming back now, it's enough energy for the emergence to happen. And, you know, she's telling them like, yo, we got seven days, blah, blah, blah. And then she tells them, yo, we got to get the game back together because it's something different about the people of Earth and it must be stopped. Anchors was like, "Okay, I trust you. But let me show you something real quick." And I'm like, "Bro, why he got that look in his eyes? Yo, why you got that look in his eyes?" And before you know it, he's pushing Ajax off a cliff in Alaska to a den full of deviants. And just a quick side note, what's up with Marvel pushing women off the cliffs? Like we got Black Widow, now we got Ajax, and not to mention the way Thanos just threw Gamora off the cliff was just straight savage. Am I missing anyone? But I just wanted to throw that out there. Just thought that was funny. And then you also realize Ajax is trash as fuck because all she can do is heal people. Yo, she is the worst. I mean, I guess healing is cool, but bruh, even Sprite can do like cool illusions, all kind of shit. All she can do is heal people. She can't fight. Yo, Ajax super trash, and she gets eaten up by the damn deviants so quickly, and it's just it's just pretty sad. And then this sick motherfucker Icarus flew her ass from Alaska to the Dakotas, and I just want to say I don't give a damn how fast this motherfucker flying. That's a long ass flight, and you're a sicko, pal. Just a planet, and just another sidebar. I know he burned some shit up with them eyes. How did no one notice that when they came back and seen Ajax dead? Just, just throwing it out there, man. Just throwing it out there. And if they robots, why is she a corpse?
1: I don't know. Just throwing it out there. So, my
0: number one, number one. Moment of the Eternals is the emergence. And I say this for so many reasons. Because... One of my favorite moments in the whole movie is when Sprite is pouring her little heart out about all of this shit, about her being a kid and not being able to find love and blah, blah, blah. After she straight stabbed Cersei in the back like a fucking deviant herself. And then Drew just came and just cracked her in the head with a rock, bro. Every time I watch it, I die laughing. It's just the funniest shit I've ever seen. It's probably like the funniest moment I've seen in a Marvel movie, period. Because it's so serious. She's like pouring her heart out, like, I just, just knowing, like living amongst the people is when I realize I hate them and you're one of them. And then, bam, cracked in the head. So that's just that part within itself already got to be the top spot. And then so when we see the emergence happening and for the emergence to be stopped, they had to create a unimind created by Fastos, the God himself, led by Druid to mind control the celestial to put it to sleep. But this doesn't work because Icarus, he's having none of that shit. He is not turning his back on Erishim. And this always brings up a great discussion, which if you heard the Eternals were instant review or a spoiler review before you would know, I said, was Erisham wrong or was Icarus wrong for, you know, not turning his back on Erisham because he's the creator. Would you turn your back on God knowing that it, that God is real and you could, you know, you, you know, you know what's going to happen and you have a, a purpose to serve. And all it, most of the Eternals was like, yeah, fuck that. So they turn their back, really, on the Celestials. But we just look at it like they're heroes because they turn on their back of Celestials for us. So it makes sense for us. But I don't think that Icarus is really a bad guy. Just saying. Just saying. And he ain't having none of that shit. And he get to fight in all they ass. And, you know, we discussed some of this earlier with his fight with Macari. And I, it just, it was a nice fight. Pretty cool. Um, the way Fastos pinned his ass down, hilarious. He was like, I was telling to clip your wings, boss. I was like, okay. And I thought that was funny because the only one who called him boss was uh, Kingo. Nobody else called him boss. They just called him Icarus. Which I didn't understand. I guess he just loved. He's like, you're the strongest. I'm like, is he though? Just, um, I wonder why he had to, he had to be the one who could fly though. Yo, the fucking, yo, the Celestials are pieces of shit, man. You're going to make one of them deaf. One of them can fly. Like, damn, why can't they all just have like the same set of skills? That'd have been dope. But anyways, I digress. Um, Druid wants to mind control the Celestial, put it to sleep, and that doesn't work. So eventually, Cersei has to take matters into her own hands by freezing this motherfucker, essentially killing him. And I guess it was some crazy suicide attempt by the Celestial because he taps in and helps them return the Unimine. And... For some reason, they're all locked in, even Icarus in the Unimine. So I don't know if it's because he just couldn't him himself. Like, yo, I can't kill Cersei because I love Cersei. Like, she's my, she's my everything, regardless of... I guess he
1: loves Cersei more than he feared Arishem
0: right and that shit damn that shit crazy i'm trying to think of i feel like it was a movie like that uh what movie was that oh it was avatar yeah okay it was avatar the last airbender when she uh damn i knew it was like right there in my head when um the sister i know the sister uh azula and uh damn i can't think of his name or his girlfriend name zuko's girlfriend well, anyway, I know Zuko's girlfriend was like, Yo, bruh, I love Zuko more than I fear you, and that's why she betrayed him or betrayed Azula. May yeah, May. May betrayed Azula, and it's pretty much the same shit right here. Yo, I could yo, I can always make someone go back to Avatar. Just saying. So, with that being said, he was like, Fuck that. I'd rather seriously be alive and I remember her but I don't even and then it's still kind of it's still kind of shady because after they pretty much essentially kill Tima, and which is a great shot by the way Um, where's my remote I actually want to look at that because this shot of that big ass celestial hanging out the top of the earth is Another beautiful shot, man. I'm telling you, uh, Eternals had some beautiful shots. And I don't give a damn what anybody's like. And critics, man, it's just crazy. It's a great movie. I did think it was pretty funny with, uh, with your man's flying into the damn sun, Icarus. He just went straight. He went straight white boy emo on him. I'm going to my room, head ass. So this shot, man, she froze his ass. I wonder what I'm wondering is, does this dude, Tiamat, is he like, yo, I don't think this right? Or does he feel the energy of the human people and he wants to sacrifice himself for the human
1: people? I wonder. Hmm.
0: Anyways, I just think that was, I feel like definitely was the best moment for sure. So do you guys agree with my top 10? If not, let me know at the KC Network 702 on Instagram and Twitter. And let me know what's your favorite moments of Eternals now that it's out on Disney Plus and everyone gets to see it and um a couple of honorable mentions i had sprite storytelling the storytelling of gilgamesh i really enjoyed it thought it was hella dope it wasn't gonna be in my top 10 but i had to make room for better moments and erishim at the end swooping their ass up at the end like yo y'all thought y'all got away with killing one of my partners i'm on your ass boy And then he was like, yo, now I'm reading your mind to see if these people are worthy of sacrificing one of my goons. So that was just two honorable mentions I had. Let me know anything I forgot or anything you feel like shouldn't have been in the top 10. And I would appreciate the feedback. Feedback. Let me know what you thought of Eternals, too, man. Uh, So before I move on, I just want to say make sure I'm actually taking this and I'm pointing some shit out on youtube doing some video with it too so make sure you go at the kc network 702 like comment and subscribe and um more shit coming next week and i want to say okay now before we move on to the moon knight trailer talk uh, i do want to say please go and follow my new show i'll name this after show later only why I didn't post anything because I swear to God, I didn't know Anchor was so different. And I know bread and butter is the Apple Podcast listeners, and I wanted to make sure it was on Apple Podcasts before I started posting it. But Euphorious season two, episode two review will be coming out in the day following this episode. And uh Peacemaker episode one. And two, three, going to be reviewed on that same channel as well. So please go ahead and follow. I'll name this after show later on Apple podcast and it's on uh, Spotify as well. If you want to listen on Spotify, please go and do that. You know, you got to do some cross promotion and let me know any other shows I should review because more after shows are coming. Thanks for the support. Now, let's talk this Moon Knight trailer. I thought it was pretty dope. Pretty dope. You got this dude named Mark Steven. He don't even know what his damn name is because he got to tie his damn self and lock his feet up at night because he don't know what he's doing. Got some crazy split personality type shit. And this is pretty dope to see. I really didn't know what Moon Knight was going to be about. Now that I kind of see is. We definitely diving real deep into the mental health aspect. Clearly starting with WandaVision, continuing that with um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. When you're talking Winter Soldier, having his demons. Um, I'm really loving the mental health aspects that Marvel is getting into. Uh, dude got some uh, London accent, which um, I'm just going with heavy spoilers, man. If heavy spoilers, a guy from the UK said that London accent is trash, I'm saying it's trash because I thought it was trash. And that's an American saying that. So, uh, yeah, I don't know where he from. Oscar Isaac. I don't know where that dude from. Let me see.
1: Yo, y'all know where Oscar Isaac from? What can I ask? Guatemalan American. I don't even know what that means. So he's from Guatemala. No, he's from
0: America. No. Guatemala City, Guatemala. I don't know what this means. But, anyways, they saying his accent trash. I I thought it was trash, but it looked actually dope. You get to see he got like a gun in his hand and he don't know where it came from. He's like, Oh my god, where did this come from? And then you get to see his suit, which was a early suit reveal. I don't know if it's because it was leaked and they was like, fuck it, you already seen the sh- you already seen the suit, so let's just show it now. Typically, Marvel likes to well, I guess they did show us the Hawkeye suit too. Yeah. I guess. Maybe because this suit was like whatever. It's like just a purple shirt. It's not like anything fancy. Um Yeah, I thought it was pretty dope, though. What I am looking forward to see is how they're going to tap in and make me interested in this new character that I know nothing about. And this doesn't come out till March 30th. So we still got a long ways away before we get new Marvel content. But don't worry, because more top tens is coming. I found a little formula that I want to start doing. So, you guys, more shows will be coming every week. Just like it's always been. Nothing is stopping over here. Nothing is stopping over here. The content keeps going on. Um, yeah, I'm definitely excited for Moon Night though. And you already know Moon Night Drip is coming. Moon Night Drip is coming. And it's March 30th. So by then it's gonna be 135 degrees in Las Vegas. So definitely getting a shirt. Definitely getting a Moon Knight shirt. No hoodies this time. I'm a little disappointed though. So far out, especially because last year, man, it was like a Marvel orgasm. Like every we yo, WandaVision started in January, January 14th. So we went from January, and then that went into like uh, late February. Yeah, went into like, late February, maybe. And then Falcon and Winter Soldier came out the next month. Boom. And then Loki came out, what, in June? Just crazy. They was hitting them. What If came out in August? Just hitting us, boy. Motherfuckers got spoiled last year. Then all the movies. bro. I don't know how they're going to do this to us. Marvel, please. Marvel, please. I need more content. Sir, so I need more. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, y'all know how I do, man. Got to hit up MCU to direct. See what's going on. Other than that, about to shut this thing on down, down,
1: down. KC Network seven
0: zero two Instagram and Twitter YouTube. You can also like, comment, subscribe. Turn on notification bell. Ooh. The Craven the Hunter spinoff movie is reportedly set to begin production in the UK next month. Now that I'm excited for. Craven the Hunter. Now, I'm wondering. I'm wondering, yo. We already seen what was happening. Spider-Man. It, what Sony called it the Spider-Man universe, cinematic universe. I'm wondering if Andrew Garfield could have something to do with this craving of, I'm just saying, man. Everybody want Andrew Garfield back now because everybody's in love with him again. I'm ready for that. That shit gonna be hard. And also, it's a little. It's a, little, uh, it's a little thing going around, man, that Moon Knight could be linking up with Blade and uh, Dane from Eternals, who's, who's the, the Dark Knight, saying that could be a little team up coming into work. So, hey, be on the lookout for, especially after Moon Knight come out and we're going to see so much, be on the lookout for Blade and Moon Knight. You never know, man, never know. We got some important, interesting shit coming up and i cannot wait oh shit yo rest in peace bro um the marvel studios assembled documentary special for hawkeye has been officially delayed until February 9th. So, uh, don't know why that's happening. And to be honest, I'm going to just keep it real. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> I ain't even trying to be rude, man, but I didn't even think about it. I like the Hawkeye Indian, but uh I didn't even think about it. Oh, so here's something else interesting too. Eternals has been watched on Disney Plus by 2 million U.S. households over its first five days of release making it the biggest disney plus debut for an mcu movie damn that's over shang chi damn and what else that's over black widow damn yo shout out eternals yo eternals is great all right you guys that's been another episode of straight out of marvel hope you guys enjoy my new the new setup the way this shit's going I really enjoyed doing a top 10 moments of Eternals and then ending it with some Marvel news and, of course, throwing in the Moon Knight trailer reaction. Cannot wait for Moon Knight. Cannot wait for more movie reactions. More top 10s will be coming, so stay tuned. Stay tuned. More shit going to be dropping. Sorry, y'all. Took a little long to drop a new episode, but I had to think of... How can I make this interesting, you know, enough to where it's palatable? I don't want to just come on and just talk about a couple of things by myself. And then I have anything to talk about. So having a top 10 definitely allowed me to, you know, embark on some situations and conversations that I wanted to have about Eternals. And I'm really glad you guys were here for it to listen. So five star start rating on Apple podcast, please. And make sure you go follow I'll name that after show later for more content and that's on Spotify and Apple podcasts. And I believe Google podcasts now. So please, wherever you can go follow that support your boy because I'm on the grind. I haven't played my game in a week. I'm out here grinding y'all. I'm out here grinding because I'm out here grinding. Yo, you probably do not know if you ain't, you don't know. You gotta be certain age, man. You gotta be a certain age, but, uh, yeah, man, that was another episode of Straight Out of Marvel. It's your boy, Kevin 27. Believe until you make
1: believers.